Now throw your ears in the air and listen like you just don't care. And if you like two weird chicks who have big dicks, everybody out there say, Twat you say? Twat you say? A podcast with Jen and Amber, two two girls girls who don't know what the fuck they're doing. Hey guys, it's Jen and Amber. And uh, welcome back. (laughs) Hopefully you're still with us. Otherwise, we're just talking to ourselves. You know what? Who cares? We like talking to ourselves. I do like talking to Amber's ourselves. Amber's guilty of listening true. to our podcast in her car. Oh my god. I'm guilty of listening to our podcast. There's pod- no shame in her game. <laughs> no, there's really not. I'm... I... It's not even just like, okay, I listen to it once right after we like published it just so I can see what we sound like. Yeah. Which I think would be normal. <laughs> That's me. That's what Jen does. Actually, and a lot of times I don't even listen. I forget to go back and listen after I post them. Yeah. Because Amber, <laughs> well, I, I will listen to it right after it's published so that I can hear what we sounded like. Yeah. Because we, we recorded on my phone and so... Exactly. So I don't get yeah. to... I don't really get to, like, listen to it. Yeah. Before. Beforehand. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I'll do, I'll do my first listen, obviously. <laughs> but then, usually what happens is if I'm listening to our podcast to hear it for the first time or whatever, it'll just go into the next episode, which is one that I've already listened to. Oh, and you just let it go. And I just let it go. <laughs> and so I've listened to all of the episodes of our You're podcast. Like, so all of our listens are from Amber. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) I've made us the 69 cents. (laughs) No, but like, obviously it's like, I haven't done it like in a a lot. For sure, for sure. (laughs) But I've definitely listened to episodes of our podcast multiple times. Yeah. And sometimes also like if somebody like, is like, oh, like, you know, send me the link to your podcast, blah, 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 and I'm, like, talking to them, and, like, I'm, like, oh, what episode are you on, or whatever. Sometimes I'll re-listen to whatever episode they're on, so I can Just be, so like, you can remember how dumb you sounded in it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So, so you I'm, can apologize for anything. Exactly. <laughs> or if they bring something up, I can be, like, oh, I... What happened was. Exactly. Whereas, sometimes if you bring something that I set up, like, obviously way later, yeah. I'm, like, I don't fucking remember saying that. I'm not saying I didn't, but I don't remember it. <laughs> So, it's easier if I just kind of, like, listen, and then if somebody asks me a question about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, we haven't even told you what this week's episode is. So, we are focusing on mental health. Yeah. Something I feel that is very important for most people, especially in our generation. For sure. And it's something I think that we both, um, is something that's important that we get our own it touches our heart because it's personal to us yeah exactly like we both i think suffer from you know different mental conditions (laughs) illnesses what have you uh even though that sounds like there's a stigma it's It's like yeah there's a stigma against that word yeah it's like you say it and then you instantly are like oh my god i'm gonna be judged because i have a mental illness but i'm sorry i have anxiety and i have depression and they come and they go and sometimes they come and they stay a lot longer than other times and sometimes it's fleeting, but yeah, exactly. It's my truth. Yeah, and it's like, and it sucks that there is that stigma because, like, well, I think one of the things that probably helps the most when you do suffer from some form of like you know mental illness or um, mental you know disorder or whatever, yeah, um, 
is being able to talk about it. That's, like, one of the things that, like, you read and hear every time, like, they talk about, like, about mental health and about mental illnesses and, like, how to cope and stuff. But it's, like, there's this this thing that it makes people feel like if they say anything about, you know, what they're going through, they're going to be labeled as crazy right or, or weak or, or weak. yeah or you know or weird or whatever yeah. like or somehow less than correct somebody else who doesn't have to who, deal with it who doesn't or who doesn't, or doesn't tell doesn't. or show that they have to deal with yeah it. exactly and it sucks because most like there's a lot of people that are struggling with it so it's like yeah. we're we all feel alone but we're like we're the majority but we're all yeah we're the majority it's like there's a line in a fallout boy song the follow up boy, uh, where it's like, uh, all alone, we're de- or all together, we're alone, or all alone, we're together. You know which one I'm talking about, right? No, but hold on, <laughs> we're gonna figure what this out. Hold on, I think it's all, I think it's all together, we're alone, but I've got fucking goldfish brain, <laughs> or no, this is one isn't even goldfish brain, this is just getting fucking old, uh. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's nice to know that you're not alone in the feelings that you have. Yeah, it's hard when you don't feel like you have anyone in your personal life that you can talk to about it, or that you have people that you feel like judge you based on it, or don't believe you, or like think you use it as an excuse. Exactly. So, in real life situations, it can be hard to talk about it. But even if it's just it. like looking through an online community and seeing comments about people, and you don't have anyone in your life physically at least you can like reach out to people online with social media and things like that that make it easier so that you don't feel alone that so you can talk about your feelings and you can get them out and you can try to move past them and you can try to get better yeah exactly i mean like so you feel like we feel alone but we're not we're not yeah like we're all connected yeah and like i don't know i've never met anybody who hasn't suffered from something Right, but I was going to say, I've never met anybody who has a mental illness that wouldn't want to help somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, you know, that's something I'm going to touch upon a little bit later. (laughs) I'm just not going to say it now. (laughs) So, yeah, if you are, you know, if you're someone that struggles with any kind of mental illness and you don't have anybody to talk to, reach out to us on our Instagram or our email and we would be more than happy to talk to you. Absolutely. Like, I'm definitely one of those people who it's like, doesn't matter what time, you know, or day or place or whatever, like, if somebody's struggling with something, I want to be able to help them. Because yeah. I know how much... How it feels. Yeah, I know how it feels it. and, like, how, like, lonely it feels. And so it's like, you have somebody. Also... I mean, maybe I shouldn't put this out there, but if anybody is ever like drunk and needs a ride home, and you got that my knows number, us. And, yeah, that knows us. Obviously, I'm not just like an Uber or a Lyft or whatever, but I definitely am also somebody who, you know, yeah, somebody calls. But I feel me. like our friends should know that. Yeah, our friends should know that. But if you guys don't know, and potential new friends, if you don't know, if you're too drunk to drive, don't call, do it. Don't do it. Call Amber. She's like triple A on New Year's Day. <laughs> so let's um, let's go into the first part of your segment. All right. So we're doing this a little different, you know. Oh, we don't gotta tell them the surprise one. Oh. Yeah. 
Jen likes surprises. I like surprises too, but I'm horrible at keeping them. <laughs> I always I always explain too much. I'm the worst when it comes to like present giving. Like I always want to give people the presents when I buy them as opposed to when Me I'm too. supposed to actually give. Like I think I gave you things you early both times. Yeah, I think so too. Well, so did I though. For Christmas and your birthday, I was like, open it early. I know. And then I feel like, but then when I do that, I'm like, okay, I feel like I need to get something else that's so they can have it on the actual day. <laughs> so you really end up getting multiple presents. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to start by giving some definitions. If you heard me just whisper, ouch, by the way, it's because I was picking out a pimple. And it hurt. Anyways, continue. I just want to explain. Smacked her hand. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the definition of mental health, or at least the one that you get when you Google it. Can I do a, a one quick interjection? Of course. Okay. So, without going into too much detail about how we're, how we're doing the episode, because it's like a heavier subject matter, we're kind of going to try to mix some lightness in there too. Exactly. Just an FYI. We are so going to stick with us even we're if gonna, we're in the parts where it's a little more, you know. Yeah. We're going to take the Grey's the Grey's Anatomy approach here, which is serious fucking show, but they like to throw in little jokies here and yeah. there so that you don't feel like you want the weight of it. To, yeah, exactly. The full weight of it by the end of it. Like you're not so just like, well that was the in most your feelings. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like, you, yeah, you have to balance it out a little bit. I mean, it's just like real life. Exactly. You have to find a little light in the dark. Exactly. What's the, oh, I wish that I had my other, uh, my other phone case on because it has that, that, uh, Albus Dumbledore oh, quote. yeah. You know, I, but I can't remember it now. It's something to the effect of, uh, one can only, can always find light in the dark if one just remembers to turn on the light or something. Something like that, yeah. I butchered the shit out of that, but... You got the gist. You know what I'll do? I'll take a picture of my phone case with the quote on it and post that up on our Instagram. (laughs) There you go. We'll we'll give it to you later. For sure. Um, So, uh, mental health is defined as a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Um, that's like the short and simple, yeah. obviously. Uh, and the de- definition of mental illness, uh, otherwise known as, you know, a mental disorder or psychiatric disorder, is a behavioral or mental pattern that causes significant distress, and stuttering apparently, uh, significant distress or impairment of a person's functioning. Mental disorders are usually defined by a combination of how a person behaves, feels, perceives, or thinks. Mm. Um, so that's like the Google definition of what yeah. mental health. Le Google. Le Google. Um, now, one in five uh, adults in the U.S., uh, which equates to like roughly 43.8 million people in the U.S. in any given year, suffer from some form of mental illness. Yeah. Um, and one in 25 adults, uh, or 98, not 98, 9.8, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, uh, just kidding, <laughs> uh, but 9.8 million experience serious mental illness within any given year. So like, that's a lot of fucking people just in the U S like that doesn't include, you know, the other, what? 
six billion people in the world. Maybe not six billion. Yeah. I'm not great However, at math. However much the rest However is. that equates. Um, so obviously this is something that we are, like we said before, are not alone in. Um, now the top five mental health conditions in the U.S. And I'm saying you, I did all the facts in the U.S. just because it's way too much if I'm trying to get global <laughs> as well. For sure. Although it was funny, I started, I got directed to a website, and I was, like, reading facts, and it was all Canadian. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, I got like, wrong country. Wrong country. <laughs> um, not that I don't have Canadian friends, that that might have helped, but that's not what we've spoken on. But <laughs> focusing on, oh, my Lord. Anyways. So, the top five mental conditions in the U.S. are depression. Anxiety, addiction, ADHD, and bipolar disorder. Uh, I personally, I think, suffer from at least three of those five. A couple of them clinically (laughs) diagnosed. Um, But yeah, like, and I mean, they're varying, obviously, degrees of what, how people struggle with this. Right. The fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people are struggling with it. Um, I almost feel like... um, like, let's say with anxiety, mm-hmm. a lot of people, like, it, there's a wide range from having yeah. a little bit of anxiety to yeah. full-blown panic attacks and how often you have them and how long they last and all of that. And so I feel like um, a lot of times people feel embarrassed to say they have anxiety because they feel like you're going to think of them in the extreme yeah. or that the extreme is bad yeah. or, you know what I mean? Exactly. But it's like everybody, it's just like, there's different, yeah, there's different levels of it. Like, yeah. and... One person's anxiety is not necessarily going to be another person's anxiety. So you might not understand why somebody feels like that. But I think that everybody, or most people anyway, should be able to understand Should be able to, like, yeah, at least um, access empathy for just feeling anxiety. Maybe you don't feel anxiety about, like, okay. Little things. Yeah. Like, for me, I get so much anxiety having to go up and get food. Like, it's, I, I'm assuming it stems... From, you know, being overweight and clumsy yeah. as a, like, child and, and as an adult. Um, but it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I mean, shit, that's how we wish it. She's got major anxiety right now. Come here, baby. Oh, girl. Um, anyways. Um, I mean, part of how we met was like when we were in high school I used to pay you to go get my food and that's yeah for my anxiety <laughs> like <laughs> yeah people a bunch of people would pay me to get food. yeah and like you know what I didn't mind it until I got like kids who were just mean making comments because like obviously I was buying a lot, a lot of, food, of food and yeah. so people were like damn you grocery shopping and like making all other kinds of comments and that kind of gave me a complex about going You're like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to get really bad anxiety when I was, so my anxiety has gotten worse as I've gotten older, Yeah. but I can remember distinctly like when I was a kid, I would get real, real bad anxiety on the first day of school mm-hmm. or, or if I was out of school because I was sick for a few days, mm-hmm. I would always feel anxious the day that I went back. And I still kind of feel that way. If I'm out sick from work, yeah. I'm always anxious the day I go back. Same. And I don't know what that, what that is, why that happens. But it for me that happens. Yeah, and I like I feel like an anxiety of like 
I tend to over explain myself to people because I feel like people aren't going to believe me if I, you know, tell them that I didn't feel good or I yeah, tell say them, something like, short and to the yeah, point. Yeah, and... exactly. Like, and then I end up probably making myself sound worse by over explaining things. And it's like a vicious cycle of like <laughs> anxiety. It's like, yeah, <sighs> unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so with those with all that being said i'm gonna go into our first quiz of the night (laughs) um so this one is to test your mental illness knowledge okay now when i took it i only got one wrong good job and it was the only like i went back and forth between the answers and then i hit then I hit the wrong one. Right. Because it was like, I, I, I think I kind of knew it was the other one, but then I picked it. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But I got most of it, mostly, Kitty, I got most of it right. Kitty, I love you, but can you, like, not get, like, all up in my face right now? She's like, nope. <laughs> okay. Mental health is defined as a constant feeling of contentment, Striking a balance in all aspects of your life, social, physical, spiritual, economic, and mental. Or achieving a period of 12 to 18 months without a psychotic episode. B. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question. Mental illness is a single rare disorder or a broad classification for many disorders. I'm sorry, say it one more time. Sorry. Mental illness is A, a single rare disorder, or B, I'm going to start saying letters so it'll make it easier. That's to, fine. Yeah. Um, or B, a broad classification for many disorders. B. Yes. A lot of these are pretty common sense. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But then they'll trick you, and then you'll answer one wrong with me. I mean, it's <laughs> like second guessing always, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Part of our, <laughs> our mental... Our problem. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who is more, most likely to get a disease? Okay, let's start that over again. (laughs) Who is most likely to get a mental disease? Poor, (laughs) uneducated. Jesus fucking Christ. Words. Poor, uneducated people. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't came out like that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) A, poor, uneducated people. Why can't I say that word? B, people with stressful jobs. (laughs) <laughs> or C, mental illness can affect anyone regardless of intelligence, social class, or economic level. C. <laughs> Why was it so hard to get through that Because you're poor and, un- how do you say it? Uneducated. <laughs> Uneducated. <laughs> uh, mental illness is caused by A, personal weakness or frailty. B, is hereditary. Or C, mental illness can affect anyone regardless. Well, it's basically. C. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need to re-read that. the same thing? Yeah. Violence is often associated with mental illness. True or false? A, true. Not A. Well, that doesn't make sense. True, the general public is often more at risk. Or false, people with mental illness are more likely to be the victims rather than the perpetrators of violence. I kind of touch on it later. So, people think it's A, but it's B. Yeah, yeah, exactly. False. Correct. All right. Uh, excuse the pauses. My phone is <laughs> a little slow right now. 
Depression and bipolar disease are collectively known as A, anxiety disorders, B, mood disorders, or C, personality disorders. Mood. Correct. All right. Panic attacks and phobias are collectively known as A, panphobic disorders, B, anxiety disorders, or C, fear-based conditions. C? I almost went with A. Is it A? No. It was B, B, anxiety disorders. I did know that. I got that one right. (laughs) I'll tell you the one that I got wrong once we get to it. SAD stands for A, simple anxiety defect. B is a short form of sadness. Or C, seasonal affective disorder, a type of depression that follows a seasonal pattern. C. Correct. (laughs) Oh, wishes. Um, Yes, that is correct. Uh, I actually have a friend who suffers from this. And I was told that when I got, like, when I was, like, really, really depressed when I worked at SIVA, um, that it might have, like, been, like, the reason I got so depressed might have been partially because of, uh, something similar to, like, seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. Because A, I, mean, I kind of feel like I get seasonal depression. I mean, I definitely, it's funny because, Which sucks like, because I love the rain. I love the moody weather. It's my vibe. Exactly. I was just going to say that. I'm like, my favorite months are usually... But I do tend to hibernate during those months. And I feel like hibernating and isolating myself is what kind of gets me in those mind frames. Exactly. Yeah, like, I feel like even though, like, all my favorite things are in, like, winter months and things like that, like, and I love the weather and all of that, I still somehow, my depression kicks in. Yeah. I think it's a lack of vitamin D. Exactly. Which... Which, when I was working at SIVA, I worked nights, and so, yeah, I wasn't right, you getting... weren't getting the sun, because yeah, you were sleeping through that. Not that I get that much sun anyways, but I was getting, right. like, but we no got it. We get it more in the summer regardless, because anytime yeah. we're walking to and from anywhere, we're getting the sun, because exactly. we get a lot of sun And I wasn't getting that, because I was... And I was just watching a, a YouTube video, um, and uh, it was Jordan Shrinks. And she was talking about how she takes vitamin D because it helps with mm-hmm. seasonal depression. And she gets yeah. that because she's in Canada. Yeah, yeah. No, I I was... Uh, actually, I had my physical therapist when I was at SIVA, <laughs> that whole workers' comp thing. Uh, the doctor that saw me told me to take vitamin D because it'll help a bunch of things. Yeah. Like, she said it'll help... Um, obviously with like the seasonal thing but that it helps with like a whole bunch of other like like your stomach and yeah all this stuff so I was like all right I think I still have the gummies upstairs I was taking them like every single day and then I don't know I'm horrible at staying like with a routine for vitamins anything yeah any kind of actual routine anything I have to put in my mouth (laughs) on a daily basis I'm horrible at keeping up with (laughs) um but yeah, I need to start taking them again. Anyway, is there another one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's still more questions. Sorry. My bad. It was a tangent. <laughs> All right. Next question. Anorexia nervosa and bulimia are mental illnesses. True or false? True. These are eating disorders or food issues mask mental health problems. Or false. Intense dieters are just looking for attention. 
Oh my god, true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That other one made me mad. What's sad is that people that is that. Yeah, that's how some people think about that. And you were correct. It was true. Um, uh, next question. Eating disorders are not dangerous. True. False. A change, <laughs> I know. A change in diet will solve that. the problem. <laughs> or false. Left untreated eating disorders have a high risk of mental and physical illnesses that cause death. Yeah. And I just want to say, I know I keep tangenting on no, your things, but I just want to say that's why I like that quiz. doesn't go just for anorexia and bulimia, but overeating yeah. and um, uh, binging, not mm-hmm. just binging and purging, but binging without purging. Yeah. Like any kind of, of any food kind of addiction. Yeah. That goes for all of them. I. Which I definitely I, feel like I have issues with food. I do too. I definitely have issues with it. Um, maybe not as much issues as I have with other things, but it's for definitely sure. one of them. Yeah, mine. for sure. It's definitely, sure. um, a symptom of, of some of the other stuff. Something that I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, next question. I'm going to try and stop saying that after every question. <laughs> Schizophrenia refers to a, a mental illness that results in a split personality or B, a mental illness with symptoms that include hallucinations, delusions, social withdrawal, and thought disorders. I want to say B. You are correct. Okay. Um, okay. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a, a one-time reaction to a very difficult experience or B, a reoccurring anxiety disorder resulting from from the trauma of an unexpected shattering event. B. For sure. Yeah. Correct. Um, a phobia is A, a strong dislike of something or some activity, or B, an irrational illogical fear that has a powerful intrusive effect on a person's life. I'm sorry. I kind of... Zoned out. Zoned out. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> From the top? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I was there and then all of a sudden it was just like everything left. All of a sudden you were gone. Okay. A phobia is okay. A, a strong dislike of something or some activity. Uh-huh. Or B, an irrational, illogical fear that has a powerful, intrusive effect on a person's life. B. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because we were just talking about it. Um, okay. The two main types of phobias are... A, agoraphobia and arachnophobia, <laughs> or B, specific phobia and social phobia. I'm going to go with A. Nope. What's specific phobia? I've never heard of that. Well, okay, the two main types of phobias, I think that this is a trick question. The way it's worded? The way it's worded. So. The two main types. The so, two, specific, specific phobia, phobia meaning like a, a specific thing? Exactly. So, like, and I think what it did is wow. it kind of took okay so specific Those phobias are, are it gave you examples of what they exactly, are and then what they are that's exactly. so stupid exactly so like arachnophobia is an example of a specific phobia because right. you are and agoraphobia is a is a social phobia right yeah exactly wow yeah what a <laughs> dick ass quiz that is <laughs> dick ass quiz <laughs> okay social phobia is a an excessive fear of social or performance situations B, a resistance to gatherings of more than five people. <laughs> or C, a dislike of hosting social get-togethers. Wow. Um, read A and B again. A, an excessive fear of social or performance situations. I'm going to say that one. You are correct. 
I liked the second one, but once it put a specific number on it, I was like, like mm. no. And I think that's <laughs> what I was trying to like trick you a little bit. Uh, phone, hello. Phone's not listening to my finger. <laughs> okay. Eating disorders only affect women. True, women are more vulnerable to media images of thin females. Or false, men develop eating dis- disorders too, though in smaller numbers than women. It's B, but the A statement is also true. Exactly. <laughs> it tries to trick you. It tries to trick you. Yeah. That is for sure. Okay. It sucks being a girl, man. I know. It, it really, really does. does. <laughs> but apparently also sometimes it sucks being a boy. I mean, it rocks yeah. being a woman. It's uh, yeah, awesome I awesome being a woman. I would still prefer to be a woman over being a dude. But, but certain parts of it suck ass. For sure. <laughs> um. Agoraphobia is mm-hmm. A, the fear of the supermarket, B, <laughs> B, the fear of the outdoors, or C, fear of being in places or situations which would be difficult to escape from. Huh. None of those <laughs> were how I would describe it. Read them again. Agoraphobia. Agoraphobia. Okay. So. Okay, read them again, yeah. though, the okay. answers. A, the fear of the supermarket. Shit, why can't I say that word? A, the fear of the supermarket. B, fear of the outdoors. Or C, fear of being in places or situations which would be difficult to escape from. I guess that one. C. You are correct. This was the one I got wrong. What'd you do, outdoors? The fear of the outdoors. Because I know that that's one of the things when you have agoraphobia. And anytime I've seen it portrayed well, whenever in things, I've thought of agoraphobia, I've thought of fear of people. Fear of being around a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. So none of those technically said it in those ways, so I was a little confused at well, first. Well, and that's what I... Because I went back and forth on the fear of the outdoors and the fear of being in places and situations. And then... But in my head, the only um, examples that I could remember of agor Like, of agoraphobia being in, like, TV shows and stuff. Yeah. They haven't wanted to go out... Left their house. Li- yeah, they haven't left their house. So then I was like... Yeah, it was kind of like a trick question a little bit. So then I went with the outdoors, but then it was the other one. But you got this one right, so good on you. (laughs) Yeah, that was the only one I got wrong when I did the quiz. I was like, fuck. (laughs) I almost had a perfect score. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What is cognitive behavior therapy, or otherwise known as CBT? Mm -hmm. A, a form of treatment for some mental illnesses, which which includes exposure therapy and anxiety management training. Or B... Lectures that provide people with detailed information about their mental illness and how they should behave. A. Correct. Um, Clinical depression is A. Sadness or disappointment. B. Depression brought on by frequent trips to a hospital or dental clinic. (laughs) Or C. Severe feelings of worthlessness, sadness, and emptiness that last for several weeks and begin begin to interfere with a person's work or social life. C. Correct. Unfortunately. Uh, correct. I'm a member of that club. Me too. <laughs> okay. Postpartum depression is A. The sleep deprivation suffered by many parents in the first few months of caring for a new baby. Or B. A severe depression affecting new mothers that can last for some months after childbirth. B. Correct. Don't tell ladies that they just need to sleep. I'll exactly. slap you. Exactly. It is a real thing, and it is more than just feeling tired. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Um, manic depression is also known as 
A, the highs and lows, B, bipolar affective disorder, or C, the blues? I'm sorry, one more time. Manic depression Mm -hmm. is also known as A, the highs and lows, B, bipolar affective disorder, or C, the blues. So what's another thing that they refer to? The highs and lows? I feel like this is wrong, but... Incorrect. It is B. I almost went with that one, but... Yeah, bipolar affective disorder. Yeah. Um... We're almost done with this quiz, by the way. Uh, Stigma refers to A, a plan of treatment agreed to by a patient and doctor, or B, societal prejudice that can prevent people in need from speaking out or seeking help. What was the question again? What what does stigma refer to? B. Correct. My hair is getting up there. (laughs) Um, Come on, read my finger. Anyway. You should never mention suicide to a depressed person. True or false? True, you could put the thought into the mind of a vulnerable person. Or false, just saying the word will not cause a person to attempt suicide. False. Correct. Okay. There is very limited treatment for mental illness. True or false? True, mental illness is always a life sentence. Or false, a person's quality of life can be improved with treatments such as psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, medication, occupational therapy, and social supports. That one. Correct. And our final question. The anxiety disorder involving persistent thoughts, ideas, or images and repetitive behaviors is called A, obsessive compulsive disorder, or OCD, B, repetitive syndrome, or C, panic disorder. OCD. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, and I missed three. Yeah, but you did pretty good. good. I ain't mad at um, it. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at it either. <laughs> so you did very good. Thanks. Um, let us know if you knew that stuff. If you learned anything. If you can teach us anything. Um. All right, and so now we're gonna go into another quiz gotta pull it up though uh it is what kind of anxiety disorder are you and now while i look up this quiz on my phone i would like to kind of put a little disclaimer here obviously when you do a quiz online don't take it as like a diagnosis it's a lot of the quizzes that i was finding online first of all they all said that too but it was like it's more to kind of give you an idea of like if you're recognizing like right. certain being behaviors or, yeah being self-aware like if like by taking that quiz it kind of helps you recognize some things that you're doing like seek out right you professional. know professional professional like an, a professional opinion right so you can and professional advice and exactly and, yeah these are not meant as like you know a what's the word i'm looking for these aren't it's not like a doctor's diagnosing you when you take right. this quiz online. It's basically what I was trying to get at. <laughs> All right. My phone is being an asshole right now. Almost there. All right. Wait, what kind of anxiety disorder do you have? Okay. Let us begin. <laughs> and this one only has like 10 questions, so okay. it'll be a quick one. Okay. You're invited to a party. What do you do? A... I don't attend parties unless I'm the person throwing them. B, I spend three hours getting ready for the party because I want to look perfect. 
C, parties are my worst nightmare. D, why did I forget the alphabet for a second there? D, no one would ever invite me to a party because everyone hates me. Or E, gulp down some Xanax and hit the road. I mean, none of those are really me. But find the, the closest, closest one, yeah. I guess, would probably be... Read the first three again. Uh, I don't attend parties unless I'm the person throwing them. Mm-hmm. I spend three hours getting ready for the party because I want to look perfect. Parties are my worst nightmare. I would say A. A? Which animal do you most identify with? A, a chihuahua, which mine just sat down next to me. (laughs) B, a mole. C, a squirrel. D, a sloth. That's the one I picked. (laughs) Or E, a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. That one. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I think it's essentially like... I but I would pick to, that one. Yeah. You're like, it spoke to me. Let's yeah. go with it. Okay. What describes your house? And again, pick the one that's most closely describing what you think. You know what I mean? Okay. A. Wow. <laughs> I just squeaked. A. Just a regular house. You it's, said describe my house or describe my perfect house? No. What describes your house? So oh, like okay. What, okay. what describes your current like gotcha. living situation? A. It's just a regular house. It's not a big deal to me. B. Super clean. I sweep and mop every day and have a place for everything. C. Thank you, C. (laughs) These don't actually have letters, so I'm having to add the letters and my brain is not working. C. Super sloppy. I never feel like cleaning. D. Cozy with all the material comforts I can afford. Or E. I never have to apologize if company comes over. Nice. It's nice and clean. And for this, um, I would kind of go with, I guess, your room, since, like, we obviously share a house. Do you know what I mean? Okay, if I'm thinking about my room, read them again. All right. And the reason I say that is because, like, for me, personally, I, I keep my room a if I was thinking, If I was thinking about the house, I would probably say A, because I don't, it's not my house. Yeah. Well, and that's why I was, like, well, and my thing is I, for the most part, treat the rest of the house differently than I treat my room. For sure. Okay. So, so and that's, again, so I can and think about since room. we're sharing a house too, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I figured I would kind of view it like the way I view my room. Um, okay. So which describes your room? room? A, it's just a regular room. No big deal to me. B, it's super clean. I sweep and mop or vacuum in this case with this carpet every day. And I have a place for everything. It's super sloppy. I never feel like cleaning. It's cozy with all the material comforts I can afford. Or I never have to apologize if company comes over. It's nice and clean. Um, I'm going to go with the cozy one. Cozy, all the material comforts. You I was going to either do that one or the last one. Yeah. Well, when, one, when I have actually have... Well, okay... <laughs> For me, I went with the sloppy one because yeah. I am a, I'm a, unfortunately. That's how it is normal. Like, that's how it is when, for the most part, when I'm by myself. Yeah. But I do, if people are coming over. Clean it up. For sure. I clean it up. Obviously, this last New Year's was, I had, I had a mental issue 
breakdown, whatever you want to call it, on that day. And this was the only time that I've actually not finished cleaning my room before somebody got here. Yeah. And then I flipped out. <laughs> and then I over-medicated myself and couldn't do shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, that's a, that's a whole other story um, for a different time. <laughs> anyways, uh, what's your ideal job? A, one where I can work from home. B, something where I can work undisturbed by others. C, a professional organizer. D, I suck at most jobs. Or E, one that has a nice, quiet office I can chill out in. So what's your ideal job? Ideal would be to work from home. That's what I picked too. Okay. What is your favorite book? Now, obviously, I might not have read these. We probably haven't read any of these, but I, for the most part, I think I've either heard of most of these, or you can kind of judge from what the, the title is, the type of book. Is. Yeah. So, take it with a grain of salt. Okay. A. Yoga in only ten minutes a day. B. A hundred years of solitude. C. Carrie. <laughs> D. How to win friends and influence people. Or E. How to plan for retirement one step at a time. Carrie. Okay. Yeah, I kind of, the way I did it is I judged by the titles on, like, what it was trying to get at. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I went with how to win friends and influence people because I do care about what people think about me. Like, it's like, I weird. it's weird. I care about what people think about me and then I don't care about what people think about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in certain aspects, it's like I do, I always am trying to put my best self forward for sure because I want people to like me and it does make me feel really bad when people don't like me but then I hit a point where I'm like fuck you if you don't like me that's on you and it's your problem suck it yeah suck a bag of dicks <laughs> a big old bag a big old bag of dicks actually don't even suck them eat them and choke on them <laughs> <laughs> um let's see what is your favorite way to pe- what is your favorite way to waste time a reading a book b talking to people on the internet C, staring at the walls. D, doing something that keeps me busy. I can't sit still. Or E, rearranging the dishes in the china cabinet. Again, choose the type of activity Um, it's getting at. Like, you know, like. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with read a book. That was what I picked. (laughs) I usually watch TV, but same difference. Same difference. Okay. Would you ever go to a comedy show? Oh, a, yeah. Well, you're right. A, what would be the point? They all suck. B, yeah, but I'd sit at the very back in the very back row. C, I'd like to, but I think I'll pass. D, only if I have my best clothes on so the comedian won't make fun of me. Or E, watch, I'll watch it later on HBO. Or, no, sorry. Watching it later on HBO will suffice. Have my best clothes on. That's what I picked too. There is a workshop at work and you don't want to go. Why is that? A, I'm afraid to leave my house. B, someone might ask me a question to answer a question. C, because I will never make it there on time, it'll take me too long to leave the house. D, those stupid people don't have anything to say that's worth two cents. <laughs> or E, I will feel trapped sitting in a workshop all day. Uh, the one about asking me a question. That was what I picked, too. 
I was like part of it, like I was going between that and I'll never make it there on time. Being late. I thought of you on that one too. Was being late, but it was definitely more, if I'm really talking about like why I don't want to go to a thing, yeah. it's not because I might be late. It's because I don't want somebody to ask me something and then sound stupid. So I went with the one that fit more. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, 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 da. What is your favorite salon service? A, a quick change of polish. B, getting the perfect haircut. C, I don't go to salons. D, anything where I don't have to see my ugly self in the mirror. E, a French manicure, perfectly done. I'll go with change of polish. Actually, no, hair. That's what I picked. And then our last question. I don't exercise much because A, what's the point? B, someone might see my fat ass and start laughing. C, sorry. What? What? I exercise all the time. Are you kidding? Uh, D, it gets boring doing the tapes over and over again. Or E, I freak out when my heart starts pounding. Um, what were the first two? What's the point? And someone might see my fat ass and start laughing. I mean, not exactly that one, I but think I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. It's, I think it's more going with the, like, the print, the point of it. It's more it. so, like... I know. I went with which, which, that's the one I picked, too. Like, none of those are actually near what my actual, my reason, actual is. reason is. Well, and I but feel whatever. like the, someone might see my fat ass and start laughing. It's that, like, whole point of, like, you're, you don't want to be stared at. You don't want other people to see you working out. No, I know. Or that's like, not my problem. No, though, no, no. I was just going to go through them and say what I think that it was. Yeah, but literally none of them are actually the reason. Yeah. Well, my my biggest reason for not going and working out is, is I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, of failing. Well, and I'm, I'm afraid of trying and failing again. That's and my reason. My reason is more like a codependency reason. Yeah. I find it really, really, really hard to, motiv- to motivate myself to do something when I'm not doing it with somebody else. Yeah. I mean, unless it's something that's supposed to be like a solo, like a, re- I mean, all these things can be solo. And other people have no problem doing things solo. Yeah. I'm more of a solo girl. Um, like, and there's some things that I can do, like, I'm good doing solo. I'm not fully codependent on people all the time. But in certain situations, and it's usually in social situations, which going to a gym and working out is a social situation for me, I don't want to go unless I'm with somebody. I feel like if I'm with somebody, I focus less on everybody else around me and what they might be thinking about me or whatever like you know paranoia that I've got going on because I can focus on the person I'm with and I don't know it's like a weird like comfort thing like yeah even just going to the store like I can go to a store by myself but I prefer going with somebody else usually because I don't know it, it allows me to not focus on myself I guess yeah so that's why I picked that one would you choose a different one that was closer to mine I don't really think any of them are close to that. Um, no, for you it's, I'm not, none of those really yeah. are close to yeah. the failure thing. Yeah. I so guess. that's the one I would go with just because that would be maybe like my the, biggest what's the point one. Actually, what's the point might be it. True. I think maybe okay, what's, what's the, the point, point for you? Because I think what that one's getting at is that. What's the point? It's not going to change anything. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas mine is. Even though it's not because I'm afraid somebody's going to see my fat ass and start laughing, I do have a fear of people staring at me and yeah. judging me. That's, some, and that's definitely what my second, is. but my main thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. For sure. The failure. Okay. 
So, now this kind of breaks it down by percentage mm-hmm. of, like, the type of anxiety disorders you might have. Um, so, I'm going to read yours, and then I'll tell you what my percentages were. Okay. So, you are 30% agoraphobic. So, you don't get out much. If you do go somewhere, it's usually heavily medicated, and boy, do you hate the freeway. There are more people than you like to think. Um, don't see. hate the freeway, and I don't medicate, but I do stay in a lot. Exactly. Um, you're also 30% anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. You worry a lot about what other people think, mm-hmm. and you hate speaking in front of groups. Accurate. <laughs> um, or tw- uh, 20% depression. Uh, you may have depression. Hey, at least you took this quiz. You've got some motivation, so don't give up hope. This mm-hmm. too shall pass. Um, 10% OCD. By the way, I don't know if this math actually goes, like, adds it's up. It's not supposed to equal 100. No, it's not. It's just kind of saying what, yeah, exactly. Okay, so 10% OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. You like things neat and in their place and like to control your environment. For Ma- sure. Many um, people envy you, even though you're always late to work, because you check to make sure the door is locked 20 times before you leave the <laughs> house. By the way, will you come clean my house later? <laughs> uh, and then 10% panic attacks or generalized anxiety disorder. You're generally a nervous person who worries too damn much about mm-hmm. things you know you shouldn't worry about. Preach Don't it. worry. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not necessarily even I don't thinking necess- about the percentages. Yeah. But do I have things of all of those categories? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I'm not necessarily, like, the way it broke down my percentages, I don't agree with the percentages, but I do agree that I, after have reading. Have some point of each of those little things. Exactly. Right. So, for me, it, I got 50% social anxiety, 20% depression, 10% OCD, because even though my room is messy, I actually like do like things being in order it's just sometimes it's hard for me to get to that point like at work I'm super like at like certain points during my like day I might have stuff all over the place and it makes me super anxious when I leave work I have to have everything in a its specific place so I do actually have that it just doesn't bleed over into my room yeah, and, and I think I'm a little higher than 10%. Yeah, exactly. I don't agree with the percentages. <laughs> but whatever. Um, so uh, 10% OCD for me, 10% or 10% o- say, yeah. yeah, 10% agoraphobic, and then uh, 10% panic attacks or generalized uh, panic disorder. Yeah. Or anxiety disorder, I mean. And I mean, this is not a super in-depth quiz, so no, again, exactly. grain of salt, it's kind of just to keep things like on your, the forefront of your mind and like, Exactly. You know, Exactly. So, um, now that we've taken that quiz, I feel like this is the perfect time for Jen to enlighten all of us with a little bit more actual information and knowledge (laughs) about some of the things that were discussed in these quizzes. So, you take it away, girl. So, stay with me on this. Okay. Um... It's kind of going to be more, like, informational and a little less um, back and forth. But whatever. Okay. Okay. So, I just want to cite where I got most of my information from because, A, I'm not this smart. (laughs) I didn't (laughs) didn't do all the research to get the information I'm telling you. But Margarita Tartakovsky, excuse me, MS, did 
And she wrote an article called Media's Damaging Depictions of Mental Illness. And I got a lot of my information from there. Um, I got some information from a few other places, mm-hmm. but, the but the majority was from hers. So Big um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, like different portrayals of things in the media that have mm-hmm. shaped the way people think about mental illness. I have some misconceptions or myths that people think. Mm-hmm. Um and then I have a few statistics at the end. A couple of them you already said, so I'll skip those ones. And then, um, yeah, cool. And then we'll go back to Amber to finish us off with some lightness little, at the end yeah, of the tunnel. A little positivity. Okay, so um, in the opening scenes of Wonderland, which is a drama set in the psychiatric and emergency room units of a New York City hospital, a man who suffers from schizophrenia... Sorry, I'm laughing because you're staring at me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's no, just, I won't, I won't I stare get, at you. I always get funny when people stare I'm at me. Closer, I'm covering my eyes. <laughs> no, you're fine. Okay. Sorry. Okay. A man who suffers from schizophrenia goes on a shooting spree in Times Square and later stabs a pregnant, a pregnant physician in the stomach. The series portrayed a bleak life for people with mental illness and groups like the National Alliance on Mental Illness criticized its themes of hopelessness. Um, the show originally had come out in the year 2000 and then was soon canceled after because of all of the different um, people give, kind of giving them backlash on the fact that they were giving poor, yeah. poor views on it. But they did bring the show back in 2009 for a time. Gotcha. Um, and I, yeah. I vaguely remembered that. I don't think I watched it, though. Um, So images of individuals with mental illnesses aren't always so in-your-face like that example. Subtle stereotypes pervade the news regularly. A local news program in Central Florida reported on a woman setting her her son's dog on fire, um, and the reporter ended the segment by stating the woman had been depressed recently. Um, So intentionally and unintentionally kind of blaming what she did on the depression. Mm -hmm. Um... Whether it's a graphic depiction like in Wonderland or an insinuating remark like on the news, the media often paints a grim and inaccurate picture. Research has shown that many people get their information about mental illness from the mass media. What they see can color their perspective, leading them to fear, avoid, and discriminate against individuals with mental illness. Um, These myths don't just damage public perceptions, they also affect people with mental illness. The fear of stigma can prevent individuals from seeking treatment, One study even found that workers would rather say they committed a petty crime and spent time in jail than to disclose they had been to a psychiatric hospital. Damn. I'm not surprised by that, though. I'm not surprised, but also... It's sad. Yeah. But... But it's true. But it's... Yeah. So, um, here are some myths we're going to go over. So, the first myth, um, people with mental illness are violent. So, we kind of touched on that earlier. Um, Cheryl K. Olson, the co-director of the Center for Medical Health and Media at Massachusetts General Hospital Department of Psychiatry, said, Studies have found that dangerousness and crime is the most common theme of stories on mental illness, but research suggests that mentally ill people are more likely to be the victims uh, than perpetrators of violence. Um, And in a study published by the American Psychological Association, research of crimes committed by people with serious mental disorders found only 7.5% were directly related to symptoms of mental illness. Researchers analyzed 429 crimes committed by 143 offenders with three major types of mental illnesses and found that 3% of their crimes were directly related to symptoms of major depression. 4% of their crimes were directly related to uh, symptoms of schizophrenia disorders. 
and 10% of their crimes were directly related to symptoms of bipolar disorder. Lead researcher Jillian Peterson, PhD, stated, when we hear about crimes committed by people with mental illness, they tend to be big headline-making crimes, so they get stuck in people's heads. The vast majority of people with mental illness are not violent, not criminal, and not dangerous. Yeah. Um, the study didn't find any per, um, predictable patterns linking criminal conduct and mental illness symptoms over time. Two-thirds of the defenders, or excuse me, <laughs> two-thirds of the offenders <laughs> who had committed crimes directly related to their mental illness symptoms also had committed unrelated crimes for, their, for other reasons, such as poverty, unemployment, homelessness, and substance abuse according to the research. Um, Peterson said, is there a small group of people with mental illness committing crimes again and again because of their symptoms? We didn't find that in this story. Um, I'm not really surprised by that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I mean, it makes, I feel like because somebody has a mental illness, everything that they do, you're just going to blanket it under that mental mental illness. illness. And that's not the case. And that's not true. So are there a lot of people with mental illness incarcerated? Yes. But is their mental illness the reason they are incarcerated? Probably not. Most likely not. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Next myth, they don't get better. Um, even when portrayals are primarily positive, we rarely see progress. For instance, the leader character in Monk, who has obsessive-compulsive disorder, regularly attends therapy but has yet to improve. Otto Wall, PhD, professor of psychology at University of Harvard and author of Media Madness, Public Images of Mental Illness, said he believes this perpetuates the myth that treatment is ineffective. If you're seeing a therapist and haven't experienced much improvement, you might feel the same way. However, this may mean that it's time to switch therapists. When searching for a therapist, remember it's best to shop around. You also may want to research the most effective treatments for your condition and check if your prospective therapist uses them. I completely agree on that. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things where it's like, I myself, like, when I have the ability or like, you know, either money-wise or health insurance at work or whatever... I always try and like seek out like help for the things that I know that I need to work on or that I my mental illnesses my like whatever and I know that a lot of times when I talk to other people and I'm like you know hey like this is what I've done they're like oh well but you know I've tried therapy before it doesn't work blah blah blah. and it's like well that type or that person exactly maybe that but sometimes you have to try multiple things until you find the thing that fits right i was really lucky a couple years ago when i was working at at siva and i was super depressed at least i had insurance and i got an appointment with a psychiatrist and a psychologist and um you know i got on medication and i did i think weekly or not weekly uh like monthly therapy Mm -hmm. and I loved my therapist. I got lucky right out the gate with her. But that's not always always the case. Yeah, that's not always the case. But that is definitely something like, do things to try. And if it doesn't work, try something else. else. Keep trying until you find what works. Exactly. Um, So Wall indicated that even people with more severe disorders, such as schizophrenia, can be treated effectively and lead integrated lives in the community if we allow them to. Uh, If the media rarely show people getting better today, you can only imagine the portrayals just a few decades ago. When he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, Bill Lichtenstein, founder and director of Lichtenstein Creative Media, spent almost four years before meeting another person with the illness because no one talked about it. 
In the 1990s, when he got better, Lichtenstein produced Voices of an Illness, the first show to feature everyday people, including a Yale graduate and a Fortune 500 executive, discussing their illness and recovery. And clearly, the need was there. After providing the National Alliance on Mental Illnesses number on the show, the organization received 10,000 calls a day. Wow. I didn't... Um, I've never heard of that show, but I kind of want to like look it up. I'm yeah, like, I've never heard of it either. But there should be more shows about that. Yeah, there should. Oh, I feel because like... there's a, a stereotype that people who have mental illness are like a specific type of people, and, and it's, it's everybody, everybody is affected. Exactly. Um, okay, so the next myth is that depression is caused by a quote chemical imbalance. Cheryl K. Olson said, thanks to -to direct-to-consumer drug ads, many think mental illness treatment is simple and requires only a wonder drug to correct a chemical imbalance. Though there's a plus side to thinking that way, it does squash the idea that mental illness is a moral failing. Um, Olson further stated that this hypothesis of depression being a chemical imbalance hasn't been substantiated with research and oversimplifies depression's causes and treatment. It isn't that neurotransmitters are insignificant in contributing to depression, it's that they're part of an intricate interplay of causes that include biology, genetics, and the environment. Um, Olson said, the more we study the causes of mental illness, the more complex they can seem. And many people with depression are not helped by the first drug they try. In fact, some never find a drug that helps. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Which is also why, like, don't give up. Yeah, I mean, and I'm somebody who I have taken, um, I've taken medication, and I have found medication like you found something. I found something that helped um, and worked, but because I like I don't always have health insurance, so I can't always be on medication. I do also seek out other things to try because I don't think that the medication is the only thing. Right. Well, I mean, it's it it's obviously not because I've never taken medication for it and. Yes, do I have periods of depression? Yes, but they always yeah. pass eventually. Yeah. As long as I work to get out of them. You know what I mean? Like, you exactly. have to put... If, yeah, so it's like, I don't, I don't put all my eggs into the prescription basket. medication yeah. basket, but it is definitely something... That can help. That, can, that does help when I have access to it. Yeah. Like, it's something that, yeah, it makes it easier for me to cope and, you know, do other things... Like, do the other things that also help in eating and making But it's not the only way. It's not the only way. Yeah, yeah. So the next myth or um, misconception is that teens with mental illnesses are just going through a phase. Um, Movies like Heather's and the American Pie series depict alcohol and substance abuse, depression, and impulsivity as normal teen behavior. The movie 13 features substance abuse, sexual promiscuity, an eating disorder, and self-injury, but the main character never seeks treatment. Ultimately, these behaviors may be viewed as a glamorous benchmark to beat. You know what's crazy about the 13 one, though, is that that's based on Nikki Reed's, like, but that's how it, she wrote that movie based on her own, like, growing up. Mm-hmm. So, she obviously did end up. Yeah, but they never they don't portray right. They don't show that on the show. Exactly, and I think that more shows should include what happens after characters that are seeking yeah help or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it would it probably would it would have been good for them to. I mean, and and again, that was probably whatever for their artistic purposes. They didn't or whatever, but like it would have been nice to see what like 
what she did to pull herself out of right of that because obviously she did she wrote the screenplay starred in the movie right now she's but that's to the Ian thing Somerhalder. is that like <laughs> they're like oh they just they just grow out of it and yeah. that's not the case no, it's like, just that you're not seeing, seeing that what? they potentially put work in behind it exactly um the next myth is that all mental health professionals are the same. Movies rarely make distinctions among psychologists, psychiatrists, and therapists, further confusing the public about how each practitioner can help. Um, so I have kind of, um, not descriptions, but kind of just like yeah. overviews the of, of the different types. Yeah. So the first is psychologist or PhD, which has a doctorate of philosophy, a research degree. Um, this is the traditional degree of practicing academic and research psychologists. Training includes courses in psychological assessment theories and practice of different types of psychotherapy research and statistics, as well as diagnosis and ethics. The emphasis of this degree is on research and theory, much more so than any other of the degrees that we're going to talk about. Um, a pre-internship experience called a practicum is usually an integral part of the program. Some programs require multiple practicums. The average length of a PhD program is six to seven years. PhD psychologists most often pursue careers in academia or practice. Um, the differences between a PhD psychologist who graduated from a clinical program as opposed to a counseling program are minimal. Clinical programs, which are more widespread, tend to focus more on serious mental illness like depression, schizophrenia, and anxiety. Um, it's assessments and treatment. And then counseling programs tend to focus focus more on change of life issues like divorce, uh, relationship problems, academic problems, etc., and the assessment of those problems. Uh, the next is a psychologist with a PSYD instead of PhD. And this is a doctorate of psychology, a professional degree. This is newer, circa 1968, um, and it's offered to those individuals interested exclusively in the practice of psychology. Its focus tends to be more clinical uh, or clinically oriented than the traditional PhD, offering more pre-internship experience and practical coursework in lieu of courses on research and statistics. Some programs require up to three practicum experiences before internship. These practicums typically are 15 to 25 hours per week for an entire year. There are some graduate students in these programs with um, 15 to 2,500 pre-internship clinical hours and gain another one to 2,000 hours while on the internship before they graduate. Uh, this amount of direct clinical training experience is equaled by no other profession today. Um, the average length of a PSYD program is five to six years. As with the above doctoral degree, psychologists are eligible to become licensed in a state um, until at least one year after receiving their degree. Licensure typically involves a certain amount of additional supervised clinical hours and receiving a certain minimum score on a national and state psychology licensing examination. I didn't know that they, um, psychologists aren't eligible to become licensed in a state until a year after they graduate. I didn't know that That's either. That's crazy. That crazy. And how many hours that the PSYD program has? Yeah, yeah, Crazy. Okay. Next subsection is counselors or therapists with an MA or an MS, Master of Arts or Master of Science. Um, for many graduate programs, this is a prerequisite before admittance, but um, most programs are two years in length and end in the defense uh, of a thesis. Many programs offer terminal degrees, which allow individuals to not go on and pursue a doctoral degree, but to go out in the world with the master's degree alone. 
Master's level therapists are usually trained in psychotherapy techniques, but have little or no coursework in psychological assessment, theory, and research. Um, and the last one I'm going to go over is a psychiatrist MD medical degree. So psychiatrists start out as regular doctors, traditionally with four years of medical school after college. During this time, physicians interested in specializing in psychiatry will typically take clinical electives in topics relating to psychiatry and a clinical rotation of psychiatry. Um, psychiatrists then go on to complete a residency in psychiatry. A psychiatric residency typically involves three to four years of, of additional clinical training, generally in a hospital setting. Experience in medication management, inpatient and outpatient treatment modalities, and crisis evaluations is usually gained during the physician's residency. Psychiatric residents will typically have um, didactic training in the form of seminars on common medical health topics such as psychotherapy, professional ethics, psychological assessments, etc. Outside of the residency experiences, psychiatrists uh, typically have no formal education background in psychological assessment, research, or in the practice or theory of psychotherapy. Psychiatrists are the only mental health professionals who can prescribe medication, and nowadays this is the majority of what psychiatrists spend their time doing for the research, or excuse me, for the treatment of most mental disorders. Um, psychiatrists sometimes still practice some type of psychotherapy, especially if they're in a private practice, but generally yeah. they just dose out meds. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I, I remember when I had my appointment set up, like, for the very first time with both of them. Yeah. It, like, the psychiatrist, it's definitely more of, like, a going down, like, asking a few certain questions, and they kind of base it off of that. Yeah. It was with, like... my so quick and kind yeah, of, like... and even her follow-up appointments, they almost always were over the phone because they could be done in, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Whereas with my psychologist, I had to, like, go talk to them talk, for, yeah, for yeah, like yeah. 45 to an hour. I think it's more so like the psych, uh, psychologists, yeah. if they think that medication would help you, refer you to the psychiatrist who exactly. will give you that medication. Exactly. Um, okay, so that's done with those. Um, the next myth is the mental health professionals are evil, foolish, or wonderful. <laughs> Since the 1900s, the movie industry has been crafting its own field of psychiatry, giving the public an inaccurate and often terrifying view of mental health professionals. Um, Schneider True. categorized this portrayal into three types of, um, of doctors. So there's Dr. Evil, Dr. Dippy, and Dr. Wonderful. Schneider <laughs> describes Dr. Evil as the Dr. Frankenstein of the mind. He's vastly disturbed and uses dangerous forms of treatment like lobotomies to manipulate or abuse his patients. Dr. Evil is often seen in horror movies, Olson said. A surprising number of people, especially teens, get misinformation about psychiatry and hospitals from these films. They think they'll lock you up and throw away the key. Olson described a recent episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit where the greedy and arrogant psychiatrist who exploited his patients turned out to be the killer. Uh, though he rarely harms anyone, Dr. Dippy is crazier than his patients, and his treatments range from the impractical to the wacky. Dr. Wonderful, think Robin Williams' character in Google Hunting, is always available, has endless time to talk, and is supernaturally skilled. Mm. This portrayal, too, has a downside. That's For one, funny. clinicians can't live up to this kind of accessibility, or to the idea that they're supernaturally skilled, able to read minds, and immediately give accurate profiles of people they haven't seen. 
In fact, to properly diagnose a patient, practitioners conduct a comprehensive evaluation, which often includes using standardized scales, obtaining a mental health history, administering medical tests when appropriate, and talking with family members, all of which can take several sessions. Um, Dr. Wonderful also can breach ethical boundaries, making it difficult for people to know what's ethical and unethical behavior. Robin Williams' character violates confidentiality by speaking with his buddies about his patient. Plus, many of these fictional doctors lack boundaries between the personal and professional. Films frequently feature psychiatrists sleeping with patients, an egregious violation. Mm. One recent example of that is on the show You on Netflix. Yes. John Stamos, who plays a therapist, sleeps with mm. his clients, Uncle kind of gets Jesse. obsessed with her. So it is something <laughs> yeah. that reoccurs in, in our media. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Although, it does kind of give you like a, how do I trust these people? They are just people and people make mistakes pe- yeah, and do bad things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the end of like my myth section. Um, I had some statistics that I wanted to go over to kind of just drive home again the fact that if you are struggling with mental illness, you're not alone. Like, yeah, so many, many people, people are. are. Um, so, you had my first two <laughs> statistics. I figured that there was gonna be some overlap for at sure, some point. but those were the only two because yeah. I mean they were you know yeah. general statistics. Um, so, among the twenty point two million adults in the U.S. who experience a substance use disorder. of them, or 10.2 million adults, also have a co-occurring mental illness, which I already, like, Mm. have information on just because my ex was an addict and I went to tons of meetings with him. And so it's very common for people with substance abuse. That's basically a symptom of an underlying medical illness a lot of times. Um, an estimated 26% of homeless adults staying in shelters live with serious mental illness, and an estimated 46% live with severe mental illness and or substance use disorders. Rocky. <laughs> 70% of youth in juvenile justice systems have at least one mental health condition, and at least 20% live with a serious mental illness. That's crazy. 70% of youth in juvenile systems Damn. have a mental illness. Ooh, that's a... Big old number. (laughs) Yeah. Big chunk. Um, Only 41% of adults in the U.S. with a mental health condition receive medical health services, excuse me, mental health services in the past year. Only 41%. Among adults with a serious mental illness, 62.9% received medical, or I keep saying that, mental health services in the (laughs) past year. Um, African Americans and Hispanic Americans each use mental health services at least, or excuse me, at about one half the rate of Caucasian Americans and Asian Americans at about one third the rate. Yeah. So even though it's like taboo across the board, it's like extra taboo. In certain. Right. Yeah. 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 Circles or with certain ethnicities. Yeah. Um, half of all chronic mental illness begins by age 14. Three quarters begin by age 24. Despite effective treatment, there are long delays, sometimes decades, between the first appearance of symptoms and when people get help. And I would say, prime example, this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that we're two good examples of having very similar disorders or, you know, illnesses or whatever, and two different 
approaches to it. Not approaches, but, like, it's been handled two different ways in the way we grew up. Yeah. And how we've dealt with it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so, serious mental illness costs America $193.2 billion in lost earnings per year. No. Over one-third, or 37% of students with a mental health condition aged 14 to 21 and older are served by special education, who are served by special education dropout. So 37% of them drop out. The highest dropout rate of any disability group. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. and the second leading cause of death for people aged 10 to 34. Each day, an estimated 18 to 22 veterans die by suicide. More than 90% of people who die by suicide show symptoms of a mental health condition. So I'm kind of ending my section on some more like heavy statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to just kind of end my segment by saying that if you or anyone you know is struggling with mental health issues or having suicidal thoughts, please reach out to someone. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. They also have a texting number. Text HOME to 741-741 in the U.S. for someone to talk to. So, the last quiz that we're going to do is a Winnie the Pooh. Which, (laughs) well, which Winnie the Pooh psychological disorder are you? Because I wanted to have the last quiz be something a little bit more uh, lighthearted, I guess. Yeah. Um, And there's always that, like, it's not a joke, but like, People say that that's that each of the Winnie the Pooh characters represents, represents yeah, like um, a different mental illness. Exactly. Which when I've read up on them before, like some it of makes them, sense. It, first of all, it makes sense. But like some of them, like say that like one character has like a certain disorder, and, it's, and then and a different article quiz. says a different yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think the general, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, my phone sucks. Let's try and find this again. Winnie the Pooh, where are you? Oh shit, did I not save it? No, no, there it is. It just didn't have a picture. Mm-hmm. I was like, I swear I saved all of them. Um, okay. And I think it only has a few questions on it too. No, I lied. It's got several questions, so we're gonna do this quick. <laughs> okay. When in a public when in a public place you overhear a group of people laughing, do you automatically think that they're laughing at you? A, all the time. B, I hate people. I don't go outside. Or C, no, that's stupid. No, that's stupid. There's a question mark. <laughs> I wish there was one for like, sometimes. Sometimes I feel that way. Yeah. Uh, Mountain in a restaurant and people are laughing at or in a public place and you overhear a group of people laughing, do you automatically think they're laughing at you? I guess I'll say no. I no. do sometimes, no, but it's not like stupid. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Does everything have to be in a specific place or it drives you utterly mad? A, I don't care, or B, I'm very organized. B, I'm very organized. I think I picked that one because even though, again, my room is the way it is, I don't like my, like, my room gives me anxiety, and in every other aspect of my life, I'm organized, so I went with that. Okay. Does the thought of touching something potentially covered in germs make your skin crawl? A, no, dirt is my friend, or B, I carry hand sanitizer everywhere. I mean, I guess it would depend on what kind of dirt's on it. 
Well, it's the, the thought of touching something that okay, could so potentially be covered and then it make your skin crawl. No, it doesn't. No. Dirt is my friend. I put hand I don't like touching wet stuff, though. That I, I put sanitizer, the sanitizer, the hand sanitizer. Thank you, the hand sanitizer one, because I literally do carry it everywhere. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not constantly. that afraid of germs. And I, I, it's not because I, I don't even know if it's because I'm not afraid of germs, because I will also do things that are very <laughs> something that a germaphobe would not do. Um, but I do have a weird tick about like I carry hand sanitizer like everywhere, and I use it all the time. It's like a habit. I don't know. Whatever. How often do you catch yourself daydreaming? A every now and then. B I do it to escape a rat. I do it to do, escape reality. I'm sorry, guys. Or C never. I prefer reality. What was the question? How often do you catch yourself daydreaming? Um. What was the first one? All the time. A no. Every now and then. Is A. B is I do it to escape reality. Or C never. I prefer reality. I mean, none of those really apply. So I'll go with A. Yeah, well, I mean, it's basically saying sometimes, always, or never. I mean, I daydream a lot, but it's not to escape reality. That's why I just said breaking, breakdown-wise. So I'm meant, just going to go with A because... Yeah, which is sometimes. Yeah. That's essentially what the, those que- the answers no, but are even, saying. But if, if, no, I'm just saying, if the answer was sometimes, always, never, I would choose always. But I don't do it to escape reality, so I'm going to choose sometimes. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It does, but I think what they were getting at was sometimes, always, or never. But they put it it in about reality, so. I know. Okay. When it comes to what you want, how persistent are you? A, I try, but I'm afraid of failure. B, go big or go home. Or C, I procrastinate a lot. What was A again? I try, but I'm afraid of failure. That one. I knew that you were going to pick that one as soon as I read this question. I put I procrastinate a lot. Yeah. It's not because I'm afraid of failure. I just procrastinate a lot. <laughs> okay. How do you... I love this one. has a picture of Oh. How do you feel about your body image? <laughs> a, I'm average. B, I look like I fell from the ugly tree. Oh, my or God. C, I'm sexy and I know it. Know it. <laughs> um, I would say average. I put I'm sexy and I know it. <laughs> Because in general, that's how I feel. Usually if I'm upset about something that has to do with my body image with somebody else, it's because I don't understand how they can't understand that I'm awesome. <laughs> that sounds really bad. And I'm like full of myself. But anyways. Um, Are you afraid of the dark? No or yes? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, same. Okay. When talking to someone, are you easily distracted or interrupting them? A, no, I'm a good listener. Or B, yes, I can't help it. Yes, I can't help it. Same. <laughs> I'm think, easily distracted for sure. I think I'm still. I think I am still a good listener sometimes, Same. but in general conversation, yeah, I get distracted real easily. Yeah. If it's like something like really like important, I can locked in exactly yeah, for sure. Okay. When you do something, do you feel the need to be admired or appreciated for it? A, honestly, yes. Or B, no, I just like to help. Honestly, yes. <laughs> I put, no, I just like to help. Because for the most part, I don't care if I get, like, I, I don't I, need no, the recognition, no. but I appreciate being yeah. appreciated. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. 
Like, I do things to be nice, but I want people to know that I did them to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's it's one of those things where the way I kind of, like, tried to pick, like, because I really could have gone either way with those, with that question. Yeah. I kind of was like, okay, if I do something and somebody doesn't, like, show appreciation for it, more times than not, do I know, do I feel, like, upset by that? Or more times than not, do I just kind of go, oh, well, it would have been nice, but whatever. Yeah. And because more often than not, I'm that than I am. Like, sometimes if I do something for somebody and I think it's been building up for a while. Yeah. Then I'll be like, there's usually a straw that breaks the camel's back where, like, I do something and somebody doesn't appreciate it. And I'm like, really? I've done all this stuff for you. Yeah. And you still can't. But in general, if I do something for someone and they don't show, like, they don't say thank you or whatever, I don't even think twice about it. Yeah. I'm just like, I just did it to do it. So, that is my my little process there. Anyways, do you often get attached easily? A, no, I don't trust people. B, yes. Or C, depends. No, I don't trust people. I put depends. Because I can get really easily attached to people, but then... I used to. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but, but more not often anymore. than not now, it's really, it's a very specific person. Because in general, I'm, clo- I'm more closed off to people now. Yeah. Because of things that have happened. Okay. Are you happy? A, of course. B, I'm okay. C, I swear I'm bipolar. Or D, no. I'm okay. That's what I picked too. When you hear a sound at night, do you freak out or go back to sleep? A, I go back to bed. B, I freak the fuck out. <laughs> or C, I go downstairs and see what's up. I freak the fuck out. I... Okay. Uh, do you consider yourself better than others? A, duh, I'm perfect. Or B, no. No? Yeah, I put that. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm better than a lot of other people. I don't think I'm bad, though. Yeah. But, yeah. When you were younger, did you believe your stuffed animals had feelings? Yes. Or, no, that's weird. No, that's weird. I put yes. I still think they have feelings. I don't. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Okay. What are you like when it comes to food? A, is food a a carb? Or B, I eat like a pig? I feel like these are both the same answers. Oh, I get it. Is yeah. Food a carb, I think, is people who are, like, really... Very conscious about it. Yeah. I guess I eat like a pig. <laughs> I think it's trying to say, are you obsessed with being thin or are you or an over yeah. yeah. between the two? Yeah. Okay. Your friend comes crying to you. What do you feel? A, instant sympathy, or B, honestly, I don't care. Obvious... Sympathy? Yeah. Um... Have you ever walked into a room and forgotten why? A, no, not really. B, always. Or C, sometimes. Sometimes. I put always because I literally almost every time I walk into a room forget why I've walked into it. Um, are you easily angered? Yes or no? Yes. I put no. <laughs> Do you find it hard to interact with others? A, no, I'm a social butterfly. Or B, I'm socially awkward. Socially awkward. I I mean, I don't find it difficult all the time, but yeah. of the two, I'm socially awkward. And I, between the two of them, I was like, I am socially awkward, but I think I kind of covered up 
a little bit, and I end up being a social butterfly more. Yeah. If that makes sense. Also, that was the last question, and it's calculated your results. Would you like to know who you are? Sure. You are Owl. You have a narcissistic personality disorder, <laughs> being excessively preoccupied with themselves. Um, oh, that, narcissistic personality disorder, somebody excessively preoccupied with themselves. The way they worded it was weird. Okay. Uh, you have an overwhelming need for admiration and usually a complete lack of empathy towards others. People with this disorder often believe that they are a prim- of primary importance in everybody's life or to anyone they meet. Usually preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love, and are often often envious of others or believe that others are envious of them. Um, but behind the mask of ultra-confidence lies a fragile self-esteem vulnerable to the slightest criticism. I mean, some of that's true, some of it's not. Right? Um, I got Rabbit, which I didn't 100% agree with when when i read the thing you'll understand why but i mean it's the same with owl i don't 100 percent agree well yeah exactly um i was like but i mean i guess i I just it was i figured i thought i was gonna get somebody else more over this one but then when i read it i was like yeah i mean yeah a little bit so i got rabbit i'm uh rabbit is obsessed signifies obsessive compulsive disorder i don't know signifies embodies whatever you know what i'm trying to say Rabbit over-organizes and is obsessed with order and method. OCD obsessions are repeated, persistent, and unwanted urges or images that cause distress or anxiety. Most have a fear of being contaminated by shaking hands or by touching objects others have touched. Doubts that you've locked the door. Intense stress when objects aren't orderly or facing a certain way. Images of hurting yourself or someone else. Distress images repeating in your mind. Typically, they have obsessions with washing and cleaning, counting, checking, and demanding reassurances and orderliness. So, while I do agree with some things within that, it's definitely not the one that I think that I was the most. And I think that if I re-answered some of the questions, because also when we were going back through this, I was like, oh, I think I answered it thinking it one way. Mm Mm-hmm. And when we were redoing it with yours, I was like, oh, wait, that's what they meant. And yeah. so I pro- I would have answered things differently, and I might have gotten a different person, or not person, character, but yeah. whatever. It is Man. what it is. And th- with this particular one, obviously, it was definitely just for an entertainment. It was not, yeah. you know. Anything serious. Anything serious. That was more my jokey quiz. Um, and all jokes aside, uh, you know, if you do suffer from any of those disorders or any, you know, disorders, um, it can be hard, but it's, you know, it's not hopeless. It's not. Um, and so that brings me to the last little thing that I wanted to kind of like touch on. Um, so one of my favorite, you know, actresses and just people in general, uh, is Kristen Bell, which I think that you are also a fan. Yes. She's I love, I love her forever and ever and ever. Um, and she is somebody who's been, you know, really open uh, about her mental health and, yeah. like, you know, isn't afraid to talk about things that she struggles with and doesn't want other people to be either. So I have a couple of quotes from her. Um, I apologize, someone just going to get into this. Okay. So one of the things that she's said is, There is such an extreme stigma about mental health issues, and I can't make heads or tails of why it exists. 
Anxiety and depression are imperious, or not imperious, I can't read my own handwriting, <laughs> uh, impervious to accolades or achievements. Anyone can be affected despite their level of success. And, you know, that's super true. And there's a lot yeah. of, uh, like, and there's a lot of other celebrities who have also come forward with their stuff. Uh, or not with their stuff, but with the things that they deal with and, yeah. like, their disorders and stuff. Um, and people think they have perfect lives because they're celebrities. Yeah, exactly. But they don't. And what, and I wish that more celebrities would, would do that because it does, it'll, it would open up conversations for things. Because yeah. it's like, you know, I have, like, I wrote down some of the, like, celebrities and I knew some of them, obviously, already because they do talk about it. Um, but, like, you know, like, people like Emma Stone and Kendall Jenner, they've talked about, like, their anxiety and yeah. stuff like they've been very open about that uh Miley Cyrus and Adele and Jared Padalecki and like people like that they've talked about depression like which I mean with Jared like I love I've gotten something from every single one of his um always keep fighting com- campaigns yeah um because it's like you know he's one of my favorite people <laughs> and yeah, to know that somebody who seems you know, like on the they outside, have it all. Like they have it all, yeah. and on the outside is such just like a happy person. A happy person. Yeah, I see a lot of myself in Jared because he seems like somebody who's who does who is a happy person who likes helping people who like you know like all the stuff and should have every reason to be happy and still sometimes isn't. And I feel like I'm that kind of a person. Yeah. Like I'm the because like there's different faces of depression. Some people right. like you get the like there's this like idea that you have to be like look all doom and gloom. Right. And that means that you have depression. Right. No, like, like Kristen. You can have a smile on your face and be crying on the inside. Exactly. Like, the way that, like, you know, like, Kristen Bell, you would look at her and think, like, oh, that's not somebody, like, she's so bubbly and so, like, yeah. you know, ah, like, all the time, like, there's no way she would suffer from anxiety and depression and, like, all that. And it's like, no, like, we wear masks. Like, and not even just masks. Like, for me, I feel like it's like, am I a half, like, I'm a generally happy person a bubbly person a social person but because I suffer from like I do suffer from other things and I kind of so I feel like I'm both people yeah you know what I mean um but I mask it more with the bubbliness and so people don't get that like no I have like severe lows you know and it's harder for them to understand because of the when you see somebody who's like super happy you're like oh they must be happy then yeah Nope, not all the time. Um, but yeah. Uh, so one of the other quotes that I really liked of hers was, or not quotes, but like something that she said. That's a quote. That's a quote, but anyways. Uh-huh. Okay. In the medical community, you would never deny a diabetic his insulin ever. But for some reason, when someone needs a serotonin inhibitor, they're immediately crazy or something. It's a very interesting double standard that I don't often have the ability to talk about, but I certainly feel no shame in doing so. Yeah. So, and what I loved about that is, like, yeah, like, that was, like, what I was saying um, earlier about, like, taking, you know, like, taking medication. Like, you shouldn't feel bad if taking medication helps you. Like, you wouldn't make somebody, yeah, you wouldn't make somebody who's a diabetic and needs insulin feel bad about the fact that they need insulin. Right. And it's the same thing. Or somebody with cancer who needs chemo. Exactly. And, like, people don't seem to, like, understand that it's the same thing when you have, like, you know, when you have, like, chemical imbalances and stuff. Yeah. Um, But we already touched on that. Um, 
had another one, but this one was a little bit longer, so I didn't want to write it out because I'm fucking lazy. Um, da -da -da -da. I've got to find it before my phone decides to die. Oh, it was in the pictures. <laughs> I didn't realize it was in the pictures already. Okay. Depression is not sadness. It's not having a bad day and needing a hug. It gave me a complete and utter sense of isolation and loneliness. It's, it's debilitation was all-consuming, and it shut down my mental circuit board. I felt worthless, like I had nothing to offer, like I was a failure. Now, after seeking help, I can see that those thoughts, of course, couldn't have been more wrong. It's important for me to be candid about this so people in a similar situation can realize that they're not worthless and that they do have something to offer. We all do. Um, I like that. I know. She's so smart. She actually, she wrote an essay, like, she did a whole essay about, like, this. And if I can find a link to it, I'm, I'll post it on some of our stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't find it at first when I was, like, researching. So I was like, I gotta dig a little deeper. I think it's on a different, like, it was posted to, like, a random site. Anyways. Yeah, we can post it on our Instagram story if we find yeah. it. Yeah. So if I find, if, yeah, if I find it, we'll post it. Um, But so, all that, those quotes being said and everything, like... I love her whole, you know, approach to, like, talking about, like, mental illness and how she's approached her own mental, like, you know. Mental health. Mental health. Um, I didn't mean to say illness twice. Uh, but, yeah, her own mental health. Um, and so I found, like, a little thing where it was, like, three things that Kristen Bell does to stay mentally healthy. Okay. Um, and I, I thought that they were, they were some really good ones. <laughs> um, so, working out is one yes. of them that's definitely the one I know it definitely helps yeah it, it definitely does and it's the one thing that I think I really need to like that I haven't really tried as far as like a thing to help myself like I haven't really like super gotten into it um what I thought was funny is it says that her favorite thing to do like her favorite workout is a butt focused move called the bowler <laughs> so also if i can find a link to the bowler or a <laughs> diagram or something we'll post that up too because i want to know what the fuck it is i'm That's like funny. what what is that okay uh second thing that she says that she does is um or that's most important is checking in um so communicating how you're feeling with the people that you love and that love you make yourself vulnerable to people because when you don't open up to people about things and it doesn't matter who you're opening just open yeah. up to somebody you keep it all in and that's it helps the loneliness it like festers, fester yeah. exactly and it makes it worse um and then the third thing on her list of like you know the things to that are really integral in having good mental health is self-care mm -hmm. um so there was like five little bullet points that she had on this um so if you're low on self-esteem find an esteemable act so basically she was talking about you know helping how helping other people Makes helps you, you yeah yeah so you I've maybe, heard that a lot yeah if you feel like shit and you can't you know and you're like i don't know how to get out of this Sometimes putting your focus on helping somebody else will just automatically get you out. Not automatically, but will help you get out of whatever it out is. Out of your because head. You, exactly. Yeah. Um, number two, forgive yourself. So it's okay to, like, not be perfect. It's okay to have failures. It's okay to, like, you know, to make mistakes and all this stuff. And it's like, 
as long as you can forgive yourself, it's easier to like, you know, keep up with your yeah, keep up the positive. Well, not just keep up the positivity. I think you know what I'm trying to say. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. <laughs> My words are not coming out as much. I think everybody understands that though. Just yeah, if you know, forgive yourself for everything that you're holding. For everything that you're holding in. Yeah, forgive that yourself you're... for for the things that you can control and that you can't control. Yeah, for just could forgive yourself. Uh, number three, reevaluate your current level of stress. So, like, she quoted Cher, which I thought was, and I loved this quote, which is, if it doesn't matter in five years, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, basically, take a look at what you're stressing about, and if it doesn't, if it's not going to really affect, like, anything other than your future, like, long term, and it, you know, it's not, like, don't worry about it, because you're not even going to think about it. In five years. In five years. Like, you might not even think about it in five months. A lot of times it's maybe the next five minutes or five hours. Yeah. And if you keep stressing on it, then yeah, it's going to... It'll turn into longer. Exactly. But don't. Like, if it's not something that matters long term, then don't worry about it. Um, Number four. Easier said than done, Kristen. Exactly. (laughs) Number four. Lean on people. Which is kind of going with that same whole, like, you know, checking in. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Allow people to help you, you know. Don't do everything. Don't take it on yourself. Yeah. Because you don't have to, and it's a lot easier when you have other people to help. Other people, exactly. Um, And then number five, and maybe the most important one in self care, order pizza because (laughs) sometimes you just need a pizza and it's gonna make you feel better. And you know what pizza is. A pizza pie. I think we should make some pie. 